Great customer experience rules the world of business in our digital age. Expectations are higher than ever. And the companies that deliver? They're on top because they know how to harness the power of artificial intelligence and automation. Want to sharpen your acumen? Then tune in to the CX Experience. Each episode, host Eric Cavanaugh interviews the brightest minds in digital. From AI and machine learning to analytics and automation, you'll learn it all. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Yours truly, Eric Cavanaugh here, and uh, this is part of our series called the CX Experience. We're talking all about customer experience, the technologies, the tools, the methodologies that come into play to make that better. And if you're wondering consumer experience, customer experience, what does that really mean? Well, it means your experience with any organization as a consumer, as a customer, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in person, whether it's via email or a text message, however it is that you interact with any number of big brands or even small upstarts, quite frankly, that experience itself will determine whether or not you stay with that particular provider, whether or not you go and look at something else, perhaps. And customer experience is very tightly associated with brand, right? So you hear people talking about being on brand, for example. Brands take a long time to build up, or they certainly can. And people want, of course, trust to be associated with their brand. They want good service to be associated with their brand. There's a certain style around it. I think of Southwest Airlines, for example. Years ago, I actually met the guy. I went to a, uh, an event in Austin, Texas, and I met the guy who was their, I guess, chief marketing officer. And he started the whole thing around them being very playful and fun. You're now free to move about the country. All the sort of joking that the, the, the pilots will do and the people, the stewardesses and so forth. Uh, that all came from one guy who had this big idea to brand the company in that fashion. So they want all their customer experiences to really align with that brand. And today we're going to talk with a couple of experts, Tom Towley and also Ian Beaver, about customer experience and really how artificial intelligence intersects with customer experience. And so that with that, let me bring in our first guest, Tom Towley, author. He's been uh, just put up a big class on Pluralsight, I believe, uh, around customer experience or consumer experience. Uh, Tom, tell us a bit about yourself, what you're working on, and how you see the intersection of AI and CX really reshaping business and how we do business. Uh, yeah, and, and thanks very much for having me on. Um, in terms of my background, uh, I mean, I can unfortunately go on forever and ever because I'm old. <laughs> But uh, I started as a developer and founded some companies. But along the way, I've done a lot of writing uh, for publications like Forbes.com and, and so forth. And then about three years ago, I wrote a book called Artificial Intelligence Basics and uh, wrote another book on artificial intelligence. So I've been really immersed in, in that, uh, more from a writing perspective. And sometimes I advise some companies here and there uh, on the topic. Um, in terms of you know what I see with artificial intelligence and CX or the customer experience is you know uh, I look at you know for businesses I look at AI and kind of more in two two categories I would say and there's kind of the the AI for research purposes or mm. insight purposes so it's kind of behind the scenes you know your customers don't see it so you know it could be about Let's analyze the churn rate and uh, let's figure out why, why the, the churn rate is going up. Can we figure out by using some machine learning or some algorithms in this data, 
you know, what, why is it going up? And maybe we can find ways to, to reduce it, you know? So, you know, that's something that's really not, you know, it's not in, you know, interacting with the, uh, the customer, but when you're doing customer experience, you know, that's high stakes. Right. Um, because if you get it wrong, uh, then, then your customer is going to probably tell you about it. Uh, you may lose a customer because you get it wrong. And even though there's been so many advances in AI, uh, you know, we're, we're not at the level of uh, free-flowing conversation, breaking the Turing test, and, you know, you know, we're not at the Hollywood stage where we can't even <laughs> tell the difference of, you know, who we're interacting with is, is human or a computer. Right. And so there's risk. Um, so if you go down the road of, you know, using this technology for CX, uh, you need to do your homework, and you probably need to do other things before that to build your ai muscles this is this is more of the you know big leagues i would say when it comes to uh using this technology yeah that's a really really good point building your ai muscles like getting your sea legs underneath you basically you you definitely want to play around with this technology obviously research it first and then target some particular process we're going to talk about chatbots i think a fair amount today, or at least a little bit. And people know what a chatbot is. They're all over the place. I have a theory, actually, that chatbots came to the fore largely because search failed. If you think about search, I'm talking intra-site search, like not Google. In fact, a lot of times what you do when the search on a website failed is you just go to Google and search there and get a better response than you did using the own search engine on the site you're using. And that's because search really is kind of hard. It's hard to, to optimize Google has mastered that, but now we have all these bots. Hey, can I help you? What are you looking for? You know, they're throwing questions at you. They're trying to interact with you and get you to channel your attention through them. And if you do that well, it can be a wonderful source of information about what your audience members want, what your customers want, what's what concerns do they have? And then uh, and you've written a lot about this, I believe. You want to sort of incrementally build out the lexicon of your bot what it talks about, what kinds of instructions it gives, and then manage that over time, right? Yeah, and uh, there, there, there are no shortage of bots on the market or chatbot uh, <laughs> systems to free ones, open source, expensive ones, ones that don't work. Every type of chatbot you can imagine exists out there. Um, and some are really not AI at all. I mean, probably a lot of them are not AI. It's just more rules-based. Right. You know, so it'll, it'll ask typical questions, and then, you know, you, you, you map it with certain responses back to the, back to the user. So what, what, are the, you know, what are the hours of the company? Well, that's an easy one. Uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, the, again, the high stakes is, would be using the AI for that. Um, and I, you know, so I, I just recently, so on Amazon, obviously they, they, they're really good at this stuff. So, um, I, I had a product that never, that just didn't show up and Amazon said, you know, probably didn't show up cause it got lost. You need to get a refund or, uh, or, uh, you know, or whatever. So, um, a return. And I thought, um, you know, usually I, I just hate to go through that process. It's just such a waste of time. And if it's like a low price item, I won't, I'll just say, forget it, you know, but it was actually a higher price item. And I thought, you know, maybe I should. So I tried out the chat bot and I could tell it was used. It was a chat. It wasn't a human because the, the responses were almost instantaneous. Wow. And I tried to mess around with it 
you know, and it, it worked. I mean, it figured out within less than a minute, it resolved my, my, uh, my issue. No kidding. And, and I was really impressed by the whole situation, by the whole, by the whole thing. Um, and you know, I thought, you know, that's how you do it. You're not find a system and getting that out of the box. You know, right. you're going to need people to train it. You're going to probably need some data scientists. It needs to understand your particular market and your products. So to get that level takes a long time. But there are chatbots really out of the box that can do some basic things and really save some time and lower your costs. Yeah, that that's a bunch of really good uh, advice you just threw out there. And it's a great story because these things really can work. And then I think the key is to to re- regularly track and monitor how well it's working. Are your scores going up, your net promoter scores? Are your customer complaints coming down? Where are the edges, really? And, and that's kind of what you're trying to do is identify opportunities where a quick answer will solve the problem, solve the customer service issue, whether it's address, phone number, that kind of stuff, such that your people can focus on the more complex issues, such as high-value customers calling in for the third time because their their products aren't showing up on time or something. It's all about optimizing what people work on in your company, right, Tom? Uh Exactly. And, you know, you look at a company like Amazon and I've never called Amazon. I don't think I've ever talked. I mean, I've, I've used Amazon for over 20 years <laughs> and I've never talked to a person at Amazon. And I can't imagine. I, I mean, I don't I can't imagine how much I've spent on Amazon. Wow. So that's, you know, that's the high bar. But the good news is that this technology is getting more affordable. It's getting more accessible. We're getting spoiled from Amazon and Uber and these great companies, and customers just expect that you're going to have to have this. And if you don't, they're going to say, "Well, uh, who wants to deal with this company anymore?" Right. You know, they don't have the kinds of things. You know, I want to interact with with uh, my messenger with this company. They won't let me. Well, that could that could be a deal killer nowadays. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I you know it's rapidly moving in that direction. These bigger companies are pushing it that way. And companies, you know, th- I don't think this is something that companies should look at as, you know, a nice experiment or to think about the long term. It's, it's probably something they need to do today. Yeah, that's a good point. And let me use that as a segue to bring in Ian Beaver from Verant. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Ian? I think Tom is right that this is going to become more and more of a must-have as opposed to a nice-to-have in business. And And I guess the key there is... The time windows are collapsing, I think. So the time window of when you notice there's a problem in the marketplace that you have to address with your product or solution and the time you actually address that solution, it used to be months, then it's kind of weeks. Now it's it's weeks or less, it seems to me. What do you think about the trajectory of where AI is going and the necessity of companies using it? Yeah, no, it's, it's a very important point that uh, as, as data... Uh, becomes more real time in a sense. Uh, we now have all of this interaction data coming streaming. I mean, it used to be there was sort of batch processing that happened behind the scenes where right. you know you might run some reports and weekly those reports get distributed to people that care and then they go through the stuff and they try to figure out ways to um, sort of you know influence change. But now you could you know real time reports like what's happening right this second across your contact center, like what what uh, agents are struggling right now uh, with, with a contact uh, because maybe they don't have the information they need or they can't find it in their knowledge base or something like that. 
you can have all this stuff sort of like at a super content, a contact center supervisor's fingertips. And this is all very sort of new. Um, the other thing too is um, just the fact that uh, as, as AI systems are built and deployed, and, and they really are in a sense, a, a virtual employee, um, you have to make sure that they are representing your company well and that they continue to do so. So say, uh, what, this is kind of an interesting thing that we ran into several years ago. When Google released the, the Google Pixel uh, phone, uh, previous to that, a pixel was just like a measurement of resolution on a computer monitor, right? Or a television. Uh, and so like in all the lexicons of all the models that we used, a, a pixel had a certain meaning. Uh, but then as soon as that came out and, and everybody started talking about Google Pixel, you know, all of a sudden that that context changed and that word has a new definition. And you have to go back and sort of retrain all these models that when when you hear pixel in context with Google or phone or, wow. or something like that, it, it means something entirely different than anything you ever thought before. Right. And so as competitors are releasing new products and your products are changing and the market's changing, uh, all these models have to be sort of monitored and kept up to date and, and make sure that the customer experience isn't being impacted by maybe something that's completely out of your control, like a competitor's product. You know, that's a really good point. And I'm glad that you mentioned this uh, aspect about these bots being like employees. So the bots, I mean, there was this great story of Tay, the uh, Microsoft AI driven bot that they launched a few years ago that went sideways very quickly because they didn't test it enough. They didn't make sure that it was going to do what they wanted it to do. And they had to take it down because it started spitting out, you know, unpleasant things. And you sure don't want that. But so to your point, it is like another employee and you really have to think through how it's responding, how it acts, the things that it says and check that very carefully because to Tom's point earlier, if you don't, you could really upset someone pretty quickly and when it's automated, you don't want to be upsetting people in an automatic way, right, Ian? Yeah. And so one of the things that we have to always sort of keep in mind as we're building and deploying these virtual assistants on behalf of other companies and organizations is giving them the tools um, to monitor these things quickly. And so we've built a lot of, we, in a sense, use AI to validate the AI is working appropriately. So we have built a bunch of um, analysis tools and platforms that we can provide uh, to help them monitor how well these things are doing in the wild. And, and so one of the ways that we do that is we we look at uh, what are sort of detectable features of failure or miscommunication that can be uh, watched for. And so as these conversations are ongoing uh, with contact center agents and customers, can we detect uh, if there's issues uh, happening sort of real time between the two humans or when we have a virtual assistant out there in the wild and it's having conversations with customers, what's sort of different about those kinds of conversations and what kind of features relate to virtual assistants that we need to watch for versus the working to uh, customer agents and that we need to watch for. And so the things, uh, there, there's a lot of things that we, we can actually sort of automate. One of those things is um, there's a lot of ways that people communicate that can be um, sort of automatically measured. Like, are you, interrupting the customer frequently? Right. Are you spending them too much time, putting them on hold? Uh, you know, these, are you talking too fast so they can't understand you? These sorts of things can actually be measured automatically. And so we can provide these sort of uh, scores in a sense that we can, we can give back to supervisors or even directly to contact center agents and say, Hey, you know what? You, you just, you're talking a little fast, just slow down a little bit. And that, that feedback can be almost immediate 
and can help uh, sort of provide better customer experience and better uh, things. And on the same side, on the virtual assistant side, we can do things like if we, we, if we notice things where, uh, say, customers are rephrasing their question a lot, a lot of times that demonstrates they're, they're fishing for a better answer than they're getting. Um, and so we can do things like, uh, you know, try to detect those sorts of features and, and look for ways that the bot can be improved uh, very quickly as opposed to, you know, waiting till people sort of hang up or uh, quit the conversation or escalate the conversation to a human to let us know something went wrong. Right. Yeah, that's a fantastic point, too. And uh, to your to your earlier point, I think it's very important for someone to be managing this process. So watching how the bot responds. But one thing that kind of struck me as you were talking is that humans can learn from the machines. We want the machines to learn from us. Obviously, we're trying to train them manually. We think we know what we can tell them and what how we can help them. But there's something to be said, too, for paying attention to what the machines do. I mean, Tom had that great story about how this bot solves this problem. And he was even being a bit cagey with it. So that's a great sign. I think that, you know, as humans, we should be open-minded about what the machines can learn and recommend about us, learning from suggestions that the AI engines give us. It's good to, to sort of apprise yourself of what is out there as a business person. I mean, if you have any front-facing, any customer-facing application, you should start looking into these because you don't have to even buy the algorithms. You can just rent this stuff. A lot of them are freely available. The question is, who's going to pay for the compute and the execution, but it's all over the place, right, Todd? Yeah, algorithms are the easy part. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are usually they've come through academia, uh, and they've been open source. Academia is usually not the, the the type of culture that's out there to monetize things. Uh, you know, they they'll put it in a research paper, and yeah, it's, it's there for everybody to use. So. The algorithms are really not uh, the, the differentiator. Now, for something like a company like Facebook, they will create some of their own proprietary algorithms. But even these companies, even the big companies, are open, open sourcing a lot of their, their research. So the, the differentiator really is to the data. So again, if you're Facebook and you're sitting on huge amounts of data, you're in a good position to, 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 to leverage AI. Um, but if I'm a tiny business and I don't have a lot of data, uh, th- those algorithms are not going to, to help you a lot. So, you, you know, with a chatbot, you can you could take advantage of, you know, pooling this data from other sources mm. uh, and, and, get you know, get benefits from that. Uh, or you could go to Amazon. You, know, to, you can, like you said, rent their AI and their chatbots and, and, you know, take advantage of their data. So um, that's kind of how it works. And uh, I think yeah. it's, it's good. But the fun stuff is always the algorithms, you know. But, right. That, that is yeah. the fun stuff. And let me throw it over yeah. to Ian, because you had a really good point in the break about how to ensure success with these technologies. And it really comes down to defining desired outcomes. What do I want to be the case? You could you could keep it simple and say I want to promote pr- promote our or increase our net promoter score, for example, or customer experience. But you could have very specific things you want to achieve, and then you have to define what those are, and then look for, as we say in the risk management world, the control points. Right, that chat bot is a control point, and as it's talking to your customers on your website, for example, uh, that's an opportunity to bring in all sorts of information to kind of sense. And if you know something about this person, you know it's a high value client, that's 
even more powerful if you can identify that and then make sure you're dedicating enough resources on the back end to really pay attention to this customer. How much of that do you see, Ian, of companies really understanding segmenting their customers into groups and then making sure that they're sort of modifying what they do based upon who they are and what group they're in? Yeah, there's certainly the potential for that. Um, a lot of times, you know, when people call in and, and you go through the sort of the verification phase of this is who I'm actually talking to and things, um, you know, on the on the agent desktop, we can pull up all the prior interaction histories uh, that they've had with the company, as well as, you know, what, you know, if they're like, say, a credit card company, what what kind of money do they spend with us every year and that sort of thing. And you can you can say that this customer is like very valuable to us. So give them sort of priority uh, um, uh you know, attention and things. And that, that is all certainly possible. Um, but on the other side, what we were sort of talking about before was that, you know, companies know uh, what is successful to them because there's very limited set of reasons why someone's going to pick up a phone and call you or go out to your website and launch a, a chat with your, with your live chat or with your chat bot. Um, you know, every company has their set of products and has their set of issues that they deal with. And so they have these scenarios where they have well-defined success and they have scenarios where they've, they've seen failure over time. And so we can actually apply AI to help these companies um, coach their people, coach their contact center agents uh, to have a greater chance of success with their customers when they call in, because we can even pre-vet them and say, hey, this person you know, called in the past about this issue, and this is a follow-up to that, and this, here's the resolution of what happened last time, wow. and here's what we think you should do to help make sure that this is a successful you know, close of contract or whatever it is. And so, uh, you know, that data, it's there in contact centers. It's just a matter of surfacing it and getting it to the contact center agent real time uh, when that call starts so that they have uh, the best chance of success, really. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CX Experience. We hope you learned a thing or two. And check out Varench.com for case studies, ebooks, and white papers about the ultimate customer experience.